Welcome to the Hooked on Fantasy Podcast with your host, Luke Sawhook. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Hooked on Fantasy Podcast. This week, we have another very exciting episode. I'm joined, as always, by Hutchinson Brown. Hutch, how you doing? Doing great, man. Excited for some fantasy football talk tonight. It's going to be good, going to be good, and we got a very special guest on the show. Yeah, we absolutely do. Why don't you toss it over to him? Yeah, so good night. We got uh, we got Ray on the show, man. I mean, Ray is, Ray's a big guy in the industry. We, we, I'm both, uh, I think me and Luke both are both uh, very big fans of Ray and uh, very, very excited to have him on the show, man. We are, we are th- I'm, I've been looking forward to this all day. <laughs> Appreciate y'all having very me on, man. Right, I'm a lot. I'm big fan, You're man. fangirling over here. Oh, my God. I know, I'm a little bit. Sorry, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. Listen, we did this, we kind of did this behind the stage, right? We kind of did this earlier, but I've just got to start this off by saying, appreciate y'all having me on and really, really, really respect what y'all are doing. Um, It's not easy. Like, I think a lot of people sit back and it's easy to sit back and talk about what you would do and how good of a fantasy player you are, but to to put yourself out there, whether that's an article, a video, um, it's not easy. And you two are are very young, but have been very successful. And from somebody who's had the grind to get to where he's at, I just see that hustle in y'all and I look forward to y'all's growth. So thank you for having me on and y'all are doing a really good job with your products and your platform. Thank you, brother. That means a lot. Seriously. I I can't say enough about how impressive your work is. And I, I really look up to, you know, the things that you're doing in the industry and you're working on a ton of great projects all the time. So you know, once again, we can get this love circle out of the way now, but I appreciate you, bro. All right. I mean, let's get this. Let's get right Sorry, into it, I started man. that a little bit. My bad. One of the best <laughs> players in the NFL was a free agent 24 hours ago. DeAndre Hopkins is now a member of the Tennessee Titans. Ray, immediately, what were your instant reactions to the news? How are you feeling now about the news as how it directly relates to D-Hop on the Tennessee Titans offense for fantasy football? Yeah, I mean, initial reaction is kind of like Tennessee. Like that's the that's the initial reaction. You're just kind of like, you know, the Titans, and then you're like, okay, you start to look into it a little bit more, and you're like, all right, Rantan Hill has actually been pretty good over the past couple of years. You know, I get it, albeit low volume, and you start to look at that receiving core, and we got all these expectations for Traylon and Chig, but you know, ultimately, this is a team that doesn't seem like they are trying to lose games. They've got Derrick Henry. They Mike Vrabel's one of the better coaches in the NFL. This is a team that probably wants to contend for that AFC uh, South title. So getting a player like DeAndre Hopkins, you start to think a little more about it, and you're like, maybe not bad for Nuke, right? Maybe not bad for mm-hmm. at least some some volume early on, not a lot of target competition. What's that ceiling? I don't know, guys. Y'all tell me. But <laughs> the more I think about it, I'm kind of like I'm okay with it, like – I'm fine with it. You know what? Like, if this is the best that was going to happen, I'm fine with it. I guess that's where I'm at. Right. Yeah. I mean, I wrote an article actually for Personal Corner uh, that came out this past Friday where I was kind of ranking the best landing spots for DeAndre Hopkins out of like the top three biggest odds on favorites. uh, The Titans were the odds on favorite. And obviously that came true. Uh, I had them ranked third behind New England and the Bills as far as the ideal landing spots for D-Hop and Fantasy. He's going to have a, dar- a very large target share in Tennessee. I think that is kind of for certain. I'm very interested to see how the relationship with he and Traylon Burks plays out for a fantasy football standpoint yeah, that'll be interesting. as far as seeing that volume for Hopkins. But I think there's no doubt 
that coming off of last season, uh, you know, DeAndre Hopkins is still, I would say, at the peak of his career right now. So going to a brand new team, brand new scheme, playing with a brand new quarterback and Ryan Tannehill, who I think is more solid than most people out there. Honestly, personally, I think that his injuries have kind of, you know, left a bad taste in some people's mouth as far as fantasy football and real life success goes. But I mean, he's been pretty good for the Tennessee Titans over the last few years of his career there. It's just a matter of, for me, seeing if he can get that consistent week-to-week volume in an offense that was bottom five in pass attempts, pass yards, and all the things, you know, passing pretty much last season. So Hopkins, I think, is going to change a lot of that for this team. Currently going at about the wide receiver 25 and ADP in underdog fantasy drafts. Hutch, what are your thoughts on that price tag for him in fantasy drafts? Are you interested and what do you think you can you know, reasonably project for him in fantasy this year? So, yeah, DeAndre Hopkins at wide receiver 25 is a very, very interesting uh, go. Uh, it's a very, very interesting pick there. I mean, you talk about a player who's, you know, a three-time All-Pro, I believe a seven-time Pro Bowl, eight-time Pro Bowler. I might have it's that a lot. It's a lot. It's I a mean, lot of Pro Bowl. You know, this, is one of the, I mean, this is one of the best receivers we've ever seen play the game. I mean, this dude is beyond elite and obviously he's a little bit older. But in this Titans offense, there's a lot of concerns with the quarterback play. But honestly, like when I look at this, I, I don't know how you guys feel about this, because when I looked around the Twitterverse on this uh, on the reactions, I didn't see this. And I made a Patreon post today on my Patreon about this, and I talked about it more in depth. But I actually think that with this move, the Titans are showing that they want to pass more this year. When you add a big time wide receiver like DeAndre Hopkins, it usually shows that a team is going to pass more. I mean, look at the Vikings uh, when they drafted Justin Jefferson, right? Every year since they've drafted Justin Jefferson, their pass attempts have significantly increased. And look at the Philadelphia Eagles. The year before they brought in A.J. Brown, Jalen Hurts' first full year as a starter, they they chucked the ball in the first like five, six games. They were chucking it, but then they realized, okay, we need to tone it back a little bit. And from that point on, Jalen Hurts threw 35 pass, te- I mean, 30 pass attempts in a game twice. Like very low volume. And then we saw the Eagles this past year, significantly more pass attempts with AJ Brown now in the offense. When a team brings in a big time wide receiver, that usually means a change in scheme. So I've seen a lot of people like copying and pasting the Tannehill, you know, Titans stats from last year into this year, into this Titans offense. And to me, that just doesn't make sense. When you add a big name wide receiver, usually you want to throw the ball. And adding on to that, when you have a talent, like John Hopkins, like Trillon Burks, you want to make sure they're involved in their offense. You want to make sure they're being involved as key pieces, involved as like really relevant pieces in the NFL because they're deserving of that target share. If Traylon Burks is truly a good player, I think he is. I don't know how you guys feel about Traylon Burks. I think he's a great player. I think they're going to make an effort to make sure he is involved in the offense. The Eagles did it with Devontae Smith. I think the Vikings are going to do it with Jordan Addison, even with Justin Jefferson there. I think there's – and the the Bengals, you see them do it with T. Higgins, even though Jamar Chase was like a top-five pick in the draft. Uh, I think that Traylon Burks is still going to be involved piece this offense and be a relevant piece in fantasy. So I think – to answer your question, I know I went kind of off there, but DeAndre Hopkins, I think his price tag that's very fine as a pick, as like a borderline wide receiver too, I think that's very fine. But I'm actually more interested to see where Traylon Burks' ADP is because his ADP was already low. It's going to take a dip, and I think he's going to be a really nice value this year, actually. Yeah, Ray, what are your thoughts on the Burks-Hopkins relationship and the price tag ADP for both of those guys right now? Yeah, I, I just want to say, Hutch, I love that astute observation because not many people are talking about You know, Tennessee. I've never seen it talked about. Like, real talk, no one's really – everyone's just assuming they're going to throw less or the same, but nobody is saying – well, what if they look around and say, you know what? We got to pass the ball a little bit more. Like, we have to to keep up with Jacksonville. And since nobody's talking about what if Tennessee increases their pass volume, 
I like that, man. Real talk. I, I really do like that. Um, As far as the prices, again, I think the big thing that we have to do is, for me, and I'm with you, Luke, I still think Nuke is one of the best receivers in the NFL. I do, and okay. everybody else in the NFL feels the same way. So I'm going to trust the guys that have to cover him. But my expectation for what DeAndre Hopkins is going to produce, it's not 1,600 yards, right? My ex. I think some people are thinking about him like, I I'm not expecting him to give me 1,500 yards, 14. I'm That's not that I'm saying it has nothing to do with him, but at 31, I'm just not expecting him to do that. He and Burks, I think, will complement each other well. And I think right now, they're priced pretty appropriate because if things start to warm up, if, if we just start to hear buzz in training camp that connections clicking, Burks is looking good. You're going to see the AP start to creep up even more. So I think right now is not a bad time to jump in on either of those guys at cost. I'm fine with both of them, honestly. I'm not I'm not that concerned. I'm really not. I'm not. Yeah, I mean, I, I love that take. And to piggyback off that, you know, with guys getting hot, rising in ADP, I think a guy who still has a lot of correction to come here still in ADP is Ryan Tannehill. Um, he's a guy who's currently like going on underdog right now at the quarterback 31, um, which is just unbelievably low i think we could see him get as high as around the qb 20 range uh in adp and i think it's deservedly so like i mentioned you know mm -hmm. he's been a pretty good quarterback in terms of real life play in my opinion over the last few years those NFL injuries eight. his angles been made of glass i think that if he can stay healthy get that ball to hopkins and burks see a bit of an increase in that pass volume as hutch mentioned as ray mentioned I think that this team is going to surprise people as far as the passing game output for fantasy points as a whole. And that's also going to be coming from the quarterback position as well. So I like Tannehill as a value, especially in super flex formats and two quarterback formats. I think he's a guy who can get you good production this season. But also, I must add, if you have him on your dynasty fantasy football team, Sell him immediately, in my opinion. <laughs> yes, get Tannehill off your team yeah. right now because people are excited about him for this upcoming year. But he's getting older. He yeah. can't stay healthy, as I mentioned, with those ankles. I think it's the time to sell him at what I think will be the highest point of value for the rest of his career. And we'll uh, Levis right now. to wait in. And, you, oh, I thought you said Malik Willis, but no, yeah. No, we're Levis. Levis. Not Malik Willis. Dude, I don't and, want to talk about Malik Willis, man. I talked about <laughs> And one thing, one thing I'll add to Luke, I mean, you know, you talk about Ryan Tannehill being a good passer the last few years. I mean, if he had stayed healthy within the last three seasons, he would have thrown 38 plus 100 yards, 37 plus 100 yards, and 35 plus 100 yards within the last three seasons. It's very solid stats. Nothing crazy, especially when you consider the passing volume he's been giving. Like, 35 plus 100 yards each year, that's pretty solid. And adding on to that, he has, I feel like people forget, He's one of the biggest cap hits in the NFL this year. I feel like it'd be very unlikely, even though Will Levis was a second round pick. I think since they're paying him so much money and with all the weapons he's got, he's going to play okay. I think it's very unlikely that he gets benched. When you're, when you're being paid so much money, I think it'd be stupid to bench him. I feel like it'd be smarter to save Will Levis and not put him in so much pressure uh, early in his career, the especially since he's a second round pick. He's a guy with a lot of flaws in his game. Uh, that we're seeing on the film. So I, I think that uh, Ryan Taylor's going to start the full season, uh, given the money situation and given the, the talent season. around him. The thing that concerns yeah. me again is, is Tannehill's injury history. Yeah, it's and brutal. I think that it, it could be a situation where he goes down week 13 and then Levis just comes in and finishes the rest out, which could be a concern for, you know, Hopkins too. Those rookie quarterbacks usually don't produce very well for those fantasy wide no. receivers. But to transition a little bit here, Let's talk about Okonkwo. Uh, Ray, what are your thoughts on Jig, man? I know a lot of guys loved him. 
free Hopkins signing as a fantasy sleeper tight end this year. Still this going at a reasonable price in ADP at around a tight end 10 to 12 on underdog. What are your thoughts on him? Is breakout season dead? Is there still enough room in that tight end, you know, desert for him to succeed? Uh, what are your thoughts there? This one, I think is a little, I think it's a little trickier than just it, than the obvious, right? The obvious that most people are saying is Jig's done for. This absolutely ruins him. He's nukes, no pun intended. But when you look at Tennessee. That's a good pun, though. Right, right, right. Yeah, right. good one. When you look at Tennessee, though, behind Derrick Henry, I like Tajay Spears. We all like Tajay Spears. We think he's we think he's a good running back, but he 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 was not a proven receiving running back at coming out of college either. So we just just need to see it, right? Just need to see it a little bit. If if we're going to tell ourselves the story that we are going to see this offense increase their pass volume, that Ryan Tannehill is actually they're going to say, you know what, we got one more year of Henry, one more year of Tannehill. Screw it. Let's go for it. Let's air it out. Well, then if that's the th- the story you're going to tell yourself, then should be good for Hopkins, should be good for Burks, and Chick should be fine. I think an underdog, a, 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 a format like best ball to where I don't have to figure out when to start Chig and I've just got him rostered. And when he does have that two touchdown game, I get to realize those points. I'd prefer him in that format opposed to one where I have to actually plug and play because I do think he will be a little volatile, right? But he's young, he's talented, he's explosive. I think he's still going to have his moments, but yes, the ceiling, the theoretical ceiling definitely comes down a little bit, but I don't think he's done for. I don't think he's unusable. That's just my opinion. If we're going to say that there's going to be more volume, well, then there may still be a little bit left for Chick to at least have some of those spike weeks. Yeah, absolutely. And when you look at Shig as well, when you watch him play football, you can clearly tell that he's a very good athlete. When you look at the numbers as well, look, just pull the player profile for a second. I mean, he ran a 4-5-2 40-yard dash. That's the 96th percentile. A, and he has 112.8 speed score. That's the 92nd percentile as well. And his burst score around the 71st percentile. Like, those are pretty good numbers. And, I mean, we know Chigakonko is a very explosive athlete. He's someone that can make plays on the field. We saw a lot towards the end of last year. And I like uh, Ray's take when it comes to best ball because when he made plays last year, it came in inconsistent bits. It came in big chunks because he's a big play player. And even if this team increases in pass temps, because like, look, I know I'm saying this team's going to increase in pass temps, but I don't expect them to go from like 31st in the NFL to like third in the NFL in pass temps. That just wouldn't make sense. That's a very unrealistic level of jumps, especially when you don't have the talent at a quarterback or you don't have a Mahomes, you don't have a Burrow, you don't have a Hertz, you have a Ryan Tannehill who's good, but not elite, like one of those guys. So Chigakonko is going to be somebody that I think is inconsistent in fantasy because of volume, but he's going to have huge weeks, like Ray was saying, because he is a really, really explosive player. He's got some speed for his size. I just want to throw this out here. I'm not too certain if it has any impact on them, but I would love to hear if anyone has any thoughts on how this impacts Derrick Henry in fantasy. I I, I've I seen some takes yeah. out there that says this might bump him down a little bit, maybe give some red zone targets to Hopkins, get some touchdowns away off the board. I've seen it, you know, say that maybe the run attempts or rush attempts will go down, which obviously hurts him. But overall, how much of this mentality of the Tennessee Titans team shifted? Like Hutch mentioned earlier, like Ray mentioned earlier, if they are looking around at their, you know, their talent saying, hey, we have Burks and Hopkins now, let's air this thing out a little bit more. That obviously hurts Henry a little bit. Ray, what are your thoughts here? Do you think this impacts him 
enough to move him one way or the other in your rankings. I, I really want to hear what y'all say. I have honestly, I have not really thought about Derrick Henry and the impact to him because the the immediate thought and reaction is Burks, Okonkwo, and then Hopkins himself. Uh, Hutch immediately was like, I got a thought. I really want, I'm curious because I really have talked to me. You think this is good or bad for Henry? My, my immediate gut reaction was bad. Okay. My immediate gut reaction was bad, but the talk more I sat talk, with it. Talk to me. Why is that? What, what? No, I want to know why you're immediate. Yeah. Like why you're, why was your immediate thought not good for Henry? My immediate thought was not good for Henry because kind of like what Hutch mentioned, I think that this is just going to mean more passing volume for okay. the Titans, which, and of course, you know, just less touches in general for Henry is a bad thing. But the more I sat with, like, I, you can look at my Twitter. I immediately put like, oh, this is huge. I did the whole like stock up, stock down emoji, stereotypical fantasy football Twitter guy thing, right? <laughs> I put Henry down. I put in parentheses barely because I thought, okay, just in general, less touches, bad thing. Maybe less touchdowns if you go to the red zone, throw a couple of fade balls to D-hop bad thing but in general if you think about it this way when i've sat with it more you can say you know maybe a little bit more spacing in the field you know defense have to think about hopkins a little bit more give a little bit more respect to that rushing game or that passing game maybe load up the box a little bit lighter than they used to i might you know make henry's touches a bit more efficient you know um stuff like that is things you have to consider on you know the overall and then mentioning just in general that pass volume that rush volume which way is it going to go? I don't think it'll go more run heavy, obviously. I think it will go a little bit more pass heavy. How much? We don't really know. But the thing is for me is it's going to be – is it to the point where it doesn't really hurt because it's going to make his touches a little bit more efficient but get a little bit less to the point where it doesn't really matter? Is it going to hurt him a decent amount where the point where they're also going to be in a lot of negative game scripts this year, Ray? That's the thing. This Titans team is not going to be that good in my opinion. I mean, Hopkins obviously helps. But I don't see them winning more than seven, eight games. I think that they're going to struggle a little bit this year. And I think personally that also could impact Henry as a non-pass catching back. We've seen the Titans stick so heavy to that run first game script even when they're down. But now with the addition of Hopkins, I'd be very curious to see if that mentality changes, which again in turn takes away some more of those touches from Henry, especially when they're trailing. So I still think it does hurt him a little bit, but not much. I think I bumped them down a spot in my rankings, but not to the point where it's anything too, you know, notable. Yeah, I agree. I don't. I, I think it's a slight downgrade for Derrick Henry when you look at this offense because specifically last year, what I want to shout out for Derrick Henry is not many people realize he had a career high in receptions last year, and not just like by one or two catches, by a significant amount. Last year, he had forty-one targets, which was which was a career high compared to his previous career high, which was thirty-one, which is significant jump. Thirty-three receptions this past year. His career high before that was 19. Like, Derrick Henry saw some real involvement in the past game. He had 398 yards as a receiver, and that's something that's going to be completely taken away this year. The Titans offense was completely obliterated last year when you look at the wide receiver core. I mean, we were talking about um, Nick Westbrook-Akine as a starting wide receiver. We're talking about Kyle Phillips as a starting wide receiver. Dude, it actually like, makes me so sad, Hutch, because I really like Kyle Phillips as a deep sleeper, and he's, like, dead now. <laughs> like, no, like, he's like, so dead now. He's, it's, it's, no, it's he's over. not dead yet, but, like, Kyle Phillips is kind of, like, eh, you know, it's over. Know. Yeah, it's over. I, I was never really in on him personally, but, like, we were talking about those kind of guys, like, guys that would be wide receiver fours on teams as the wide receiver ones of this offense, and as a result, we saw Derrick Henry get more and more volume throughout the year because he was a necessity to them. He was necessary for him to get more volume because they couldn't throw it to anyone else. This year, when you have Hopkins, when you have Burks back healthy, hoping to get a second-year breakout, when you have Chig getting ready for a second-year breakout, you don't need Henry. 
You don't need him to catch passes. So I think they're going to decrease that passing work for him. And if they do see an increase in passing attempts overall, that's going to limit the rushing attempts for Derrick Henry. And also remember, this dude's 29 years old now. He's seen a lot of work on his legs over the past years. I mean, I, I mean, obviously he started his career off a little bit slower because he was behind other running backs and, you know, he's, he took a while to get his career going. But he's has a lot of, I mean, this dude was getting 300 plus carries. Do you remember, this dude was getting 300 plus carries in high school. Huck, I mean, that's borderline child abuse. Really fast on off-season workout videos. He runs up hills really fast, man. Those yeah. Are impressive. I mean, yeah. I mean, this it was borderline child abuse what he was getting in high school. In college, he had a huge workload. This dude has had a massive workload over his career. And 29 years old, I mean, obviously you want to call him a unicorn, but we don't really, I mean, at some point it's going to end. So I think Derrick Henry got a significant downgrade from this because when you look at adding Hopkins and passing more, maybe it's a note of concern towards Derrick Henry's status as a player. So like, we have significant downgrade about him the same way. Light downgrade from me. Ray, where do you I think it's over? a, I think it's a, I mean, I still have him ranked as a top 10 running back for this year. I'm, I'm like, I'm in, I think he's fine for this year. If, if he's going like as a second round pick, you know, I think that's fine to take that shot, but I am, I'm, I have not drafted him in a, like almost any of my mocks this year. I've not really gotten him. I'm too very, worried. very interesting. Ray, the floor is yours. So, you know, those movies where it starts off like with the ending of the movie first, and then it walks you back through how you got there. So mm -hmm. I, ideally what I would love Henry to become, because he is a little bit older, I would love for him to, to, to be that guaranteed he's getting all the goal line work just off the rip. If I just knew that off the rip, every season, doesn't matter if it spears anybody, I know he's getting the goal line work. I'm, I'm just, I'm starting with that because I think the biggest problem for Henry is not DeAndre Hopkins. I think it's A, he is older, man. And you look at 300 yeah. plus rush attempts, it would have been four years in a row had he not gotten hurt the year before last. That's that's a lot of wear and tear on his body. He's already talking about the devalue, how running backs are devalued. You probably know he wants at least one more payday. They drafted Tajay Spears, and I do think it, that is in turn to take some pressure off of Derrick Henry. You can't, if you want a chance to win, you cannot just slam him up the middle every single time. You have to throw more. You have to get him some time off. And because Absolutely. of all of that, you guys, because of all of those things, combined with the fact that you added DeAndre Hopkins, but combined with the fact that you're probably going to have to throw the balls if they want a chance to win, grinding it out is not the way to do it in today's NFL. To your point, Luke, over under seven and a half win total for the Titans, not good. So again, if they want a chance at the playoffs, they're going to have to throw more. So I just think that, the age, the addition of Hopkins, the addition of Spears, and let's not forget Tennessee, according to PFF, the stone worst offensive line grade in the NFL. They can't pass block. Their best remaining offensive lineman was just suspended for six games. This is this. It's going to be a problem. Like I, 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 I want to have the rose-colored glasses on to a degree. But this offensive line was already one of the poorest units in the NFL. And the last guy that they had that was a consistent starter last year is out the first six weeks. I will he, say I do like the pick of Skronsky. Listen, I like That's him. Solid. I yeah, like him solid, too. Yeah. He'll be solid down the line. I like Evan Neal for the Giants. I like Tyler Smith from the Cowboys. The reality is for, uh, rookie offensive tackles slash guards, probably some transitions. So I, I, this is just one where – Ladies and gentlemen, like it or not, there There's is too a many world, things that can go wrong. There is a world where we see Will Levis on the field just 
sooner than people think because it just goes south. Their offensive line is not good. It is not good. That's another that's another storyline, too, that I actually was going to transition to. Um, Will Levis, let's talk about it. I want to talk about this to start the conversation. Is something that Ray just mentioned there. If things start to go south, people always underestimate the the pressure put on by the media on these coaches, front offices, etc. The Titans know mm-hmm. that Will Levis is going to be a guy that needs to get on the field. I mean, obviously they they had probably a first round grade on him. I would imagine, right? The the media and the fans and the NFL world will be buzzing. It'll be front page news if the Titans are struggling. If, you know, Vrabel, he's not in the hot seat probably. He's a really good coach. But you know what I mean. If there's pressure put on this front office, this organization to succeed, and they have a potential franchise quarterback prospect and Will Levis sitting on the sidelines watching this team continue to struggle, it's six, seven weeks into the season. I think it wouldn't make sense for them to throw him out there. And what happens to this offense if he gets out there for fantasy? I think it's really, really bad news immediately, right? Those rookie quarterbacks struggle. But I will say this, and this is the reason I wanted to bring up Will Levis. I don't know if any of you guys saw this tweet. I tweeted yesterday that I think the biggest winner of DeAndre Hopkins to Tennessee is Will Levis. I mean it. I really do mean it. I think in the long term, if he gets out there this season and he's out there next season for Hopkins' second year there and his Hopkins is still playing at a high level, that is the best news possible for Will Levis as a, a quarterback for the Tennessee Titans because that gives him elite weapons to deal with with Burks and Hopkins. I think that this receiving core with just Burks and Okonkwo and Kyle Phillips or whoever out there is one of the worst in the NFL. You had Hopkins, it's average, maybe a little bit even above average. You know, he he covers a lot of hurt. And for a young quarterback like Will Levis, who comes out here with second-round draft capital, he's going to need to succeed pretty quickly in order to, you know, have some legs in Tennessee long-term. So I think Hopkins going there might be the best thing that ever happens to Will Levis's career. Just because he's not going to be there for, you know, 10 years if he's a franchise quarterback, right? But he could be the guy who gets his career off to a solid start. I just want to hear you guys' thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, it is. I mean, it is a big. It is a big benefit for Will Levis if he eventually starts. I mean, I I, per, I threw it out earlier. I don't think he's going to get time this year. I think Ryan Tannehill is going to be okay enough to the point where he's still the starting quarterback for this team. But I me, mean, I mean, I mean, Will Levis. I mean, with DeAndre, if you have DeAndre Hopkins uh, and you have Traylon Burks, you have Trey Conco, it's really hard to fail. The only thing is, if he does come in. You have to be selling every single Tennessee Titan wide receiver you have. I mean, I recently listened to a podcast from uh, JJ Zacharyson, and it was it was really really interesting to hear. I believe he threw out the number. I don't remember the exact year it was from, but I think it was since 2000. Every first round quarterback, only 30 percent of them provided us a top 36 fantasy wide receiver. I believe that's the correct. I believe that. I mean, I know it was thirty percent. I know it was only thirty percent produce a top thirty-six wide receiver, rookie, first-round quarterbacks. I don't remember if it was from since two thousand ten or two thousand. But um, what the point is is that rookie quarterbacks don't give us fantasy relevant wide receivers. So if Will Levis does end up starting this year, you know, if you're in a redraft league, uh, get rid of those Titans wide receivers. That's the only thing I'd say if Will Levis starts uh, a game this year. Yeah, I think um, I, I agree with you, Luke. That when you really look at this, this is probably one of the best case outcomes for Will Levis's development because uh, he's going to get an opportunity, right? That's that's going to happen. Whether the Titans, let's just say the Titans are good and they've got the division wrapped up, he'll play week 18. He'll get on the field. He's going to be able to practice and learn from Hopkins and be around him. And to have Hopkins and Okonkwo, Tajay Spears hopefully works out, Traylon Burks, 
he's going to get an opportunity to start. This is Tannehill's last year. Tennessee is obligated to them fin- to him financially through this season, but after this season, they're going to give the young kid a chance to see what they have. If he's good, they roll with him and not, they'll draft a new quarterback. So I agree with you. I think this is very good for Will Levis having that veteran presence there. We'll see if Will Levis is any good. I have no idea if he can. We know he's got the physical tools. Will he put it all together? Who knows? But having Hopkins there, I think it is very good for his development. Yeah, I mean, he eats bananas with the peel on and puts mayo in his coffee. So maybe there's some secret sauce in there, but who knows? To wrap the show real quick, let's go around, starting with Hutch. Well, actually, I'll start, and then we'll go to Hutch and then finish off with Ray. Um, Everyone, let's make a prediction on the end-of-season finish in points per game for Hopkins, Burks, Okonkwo, and Derrick Henry. Okay, I'll start. DeAndre Hopkins, I think that he will have a pretty good year. I think he's going to finish as the wide receiver – 21 in fantasy points per game. Traylon Burks, he surprises a little bit. I think he's going to finish at around the wide receiver 33 in points per game. Aconquo, I think will have a solid season. I don't think he's going to blow the you know blow anybody out of the water. I think he'll return fine value at his ADP and finish as the tight end 11 in points per game. And Derrick Henry will finish at the running back 11 in points per game. Going off this a little bit, Ty J Spears creeps in the picture a little bit there. Higher pass attempts takes him out of the top 10 in points per game. Just my predictions. Hutch, what do you got? I actually like those numbers a lot. I think those are very reasonable numbers. I think I'd have Hopkins around the same, around the wide receiver 20-24 range in points per game. I think I'd move Burks up. I think he's going to be approaching the top 24. I think I'll put him like 26-27 for now. Really? I really so you're, you're bullish on Ryan Tannehill then. I really, think that, I really think this team is going to increase the pass attempts. I mean, they've literally been like dead last, nearly dead last in pass attempts for the past couple of seasons. If those pass attempts go up like they should when you add an all-pro level wide receiver, like Jalen Burks is going to be get enough to be involved in this offense. We know he's a red zone monster. We know the he thing can that's on the field. interesting to me about like, that though, is that you said that he might crack top 24 and you have Hopkins at 20 to 24. So you think that Hopkins and Burks are going to have like a similar, I think it'll here? be more of a one, a one B than people think. Okay. I, I, I really believe I'm really, I'm really bullish on Jalen Burks. When like when he was coming out of that class, I thought he was the best receiver in that class. Really? I genuinely I had him as my really? wide receiver okay. one in the class. I thought he was the best yeah, guy. Yeah, talk I that love talk. Burks. Right, talk that talk, I baby. Like I love talk Burks. And Burks talk, is my baby. guy. Burks is my guy of that class. I really loved him. So I, I'm really bullish on him. I think he's going to be a really good wide receiver this year. So I think he'll be, you know, nearing Hopkins. I think he'll be like a more of a 1A, 1B than people think. I think Shigonko's tight 11 is pretty fair. He's going to have some big plays. He's going to get in the end zone a little bit. Uh, I think I'd made like 11 through 13 anywhere around there is good. And then. Henry anywhere in the nine to twelve range, like a very very borderline RB. Yeah, you're giving ranges, bro. I need numbers. Sorry. Okay, let me give official. Okay, let's see. Nine to twelve Denver- is huge for Derrick Henry. Okay, let's see. Okay, DeAndre Hopkins, wide receiver twenty one. Chillon Burks, wide receiver twenty six. Jim Conco, tight end thirteen, and Derrick Henry RB ten. And Ray, bring us home. Wrap it up, brother. All right, I'm gonna give you Chigo Conquo first. I think he finishes at tight end 14. I think he's going to be around that tight end 14 range. Have some good spike weeks. We'll like him, but damn, tight end 14. Let's go Derrick Henry. I am a little more bullish on Henry and just the offense being a little more spread out to offer some more opportunity for him to score a couple of more. But I'm not going to get crazy, but I am going to say Derrick Henry RB8. I think he's still going to finish as a top 10 running back, sort of, his swan song before he hits that 30-year-old cliff. I like that. Now we get to the good stuff, baby. Now we get to Traylon Burks and DeAndre Hopkins. And 
I just have this gut feeling, y'all, this this feeling in my gut that we are still going to see the Traylon Burks breakout. I really do. I yeah. Think, yeah. I, I Love think it. That the, I think that the touchdowns are going to be there. I think the air yards and the big playability is mm -hmm. going to be there from Burks. And I think Burks is going to be a big beneficiary of DeAndre Hopkins. It's going to allow him to play yeah. that 1B role, that 2. It's Hopkins. He's the one, okay? Like, it's Hopkins. He's the one. But I think Burks is still going to break out. I think Burks finishes the year as a top 24 receiver, as wide receiver 23. And right. DeAndre Hopkins like is it. the one who finishes behind Burks in fantasy points per game. Oh, wow. I'll be in it close. Ooh. But I'm going to put Nuke down there at 25. I'm going to put Nuke right there at 25. Right. I think it's going to be close. I, I do not... I think it's going to be close. I think Burks' explosiveness in youth, Hopkins is, you know, Hopkins is a little still dope. He's still nuke. But I think Burks is still going to get his shine on this year. I got him finishing ahead of Hopkins this year. He Dude, cracks top like 24. That. I like this a lot. I, That's a I mean it, man. Big. I like it. Yeah. I like it, Luke. People will kill me for it, but I like it. I don't think people will kill you for it. I mean, I honestly, like, I can see nope. it happening. If I woke up from a coma tomorrow and <laughs> I, I checked my sleeper app and, like, went to, like, season average points and, like, and, like and I saw Burks, it, I'd be yeah. like, you know what? I, I understand. Burks is that dude, man. Right. I, Burks is that dude. And I feel like yeah. we were talking about earlier, like, the offseason reports for Burks. I mean, we were, you, Ray, you were mentioning if offseason reports for Burks get high. Before the Hopkins signing, Burks, is, Burks was getting a lot of hype. I mean, this dude, they said this dude was looking fast. He's been looking healthy. He's been getting really in shape. Especially compared to last offseason, where they were just completely destroying him and ripping him apart uh, in the offseason because he was missing practices and he was dealing with asthma and all that, all that stuff that he happened. He had asthma, and everyone said he was bad at football. It made no yeah, sense. everyone said he was bad at football all of a sudden. And then he had to come out and had a really solid rookie year when he was healthy. But uh, yeah, the, the reports for Brooks have been really, really good. So I actually would, I don't have it ranked that way, but I would not be surprised by it either. I agree. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Ray, dude, thank you so much once again for coming on. If there's anyone, anything you want to plug at the end of the show here, feel free. Nah, man, just tap in with me. Uh, Ray GQ on Twitter, Destination Debbie on YouTube. Appreciate y'all having me on, man. Right? Yeah, absolutely, man. Seriously, like, I think maybe the best show I've ever done. Uh, much love for coming on, and thank you so much for chopping it up uh, for another episode with me, Hutch, of course. As always, we'll be back again with another episode recorded live next Monday night and released on streaming services next Tuesday. Uh, much love, everyone, for tuning in, and I'll see you guys next time. Goodbye, guys. See ya.